out the corner of my eyes, I saw this creature, which was uh, over six foot tall, with feathers. It, it just looked like a giant bird, but yet a man. Hey, this is Mothboy Mike. Hello, everyone. This is Mothboy Matt. Hey, this is Jake, and I'm just going to warn Mike ahead of time. You better not screw this next line up. Mm-mm. I've only screwed up one time so far. I get three chances. Mm-hmm. And this is Mothboy's podcast, a podcast on cryptids, conspiracies, and the unknown. And we are sponsored by Visit Braxton WV. Uh, you saved it. You saved it. I did. You that, saved that it. Was but now, good. now, now, I guess our unknown thing doesn't work now, though. Oh, you know what? So I think wait, we wait. gotta just go. W V V V. Well, let me let me, ch- let me uh, ready. Unknown. No, oh. no, you blew it. No, I blew it. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, everybody, we're just gonna get into this. It's a freaking four year anniversary episode. It's awesome. We're so fucking excited. Four years and we're still fucking we, amateurs. We can't yeah. we can't get this straight. So but it's charming though, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's charming. We didn't decide to learn anything about basic podcast skills. So <laughs> very charming. I'm surprised. Idiot. I'm just shocked that we got sponsored again by Braxton County. I mean, beautiful place, but I'm not. It's yeah, I feel honored. I don't know. I th- I think. Yeah, it's an honor. I don't think I don't, I don't think we should be shocked. I think we should be honored. I think that's a better word for honored. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So it's, I yeah, understand it's, why they sponsor us because we're just we're top we're, dogs. We're, we're top we're tier. Hot, the hot shots. Yeah. You know? We're yeah. the three. We're the three moth hunks. We're we're like <laughs> the best the best podcast out there. That's good. Hands down. Yes, we're the frosted tips of paranormal podcasting. I've always said <laughs> you've always said that good. since day day one. Yeah, you, you really have. Do you know you who really else have. said that? Our good fan Mark McGrath. He, he did. said yeah. your he podcast did. reminds me of my hair during the the fly music video. And our mortal That's enemy it. Nick Lachey. So yes, know. Nick Lachey, yeah. suck it. <laughs> you can suck it, dude. <laughs> Get 98 degrees back together, and I might change my tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. All right, boys. So we got our four-year anniversary episode, and it's an interview with Eduardo Sanchez, yeah. which is Wild. mind-blowing. Mind-blowing, you know? So Very For cool. those that don't know. Yeah. He's the director of the freaking Blair Witch Project. That. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a big part of all of our uh, teenage years, I think. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's yeah. Pretty, pretty amazing. So and he also made one of the best Bigfoot movies of all time. Exists. Yeah. Absolutely. Easily one of the best yep. Bigfoot movies. And he somehow wants to talk to us, so hopefully we don't blow it, guys. I hope we don't. I mean, yeah, I hope we don't blow it. Yeah. Let's, let's we cross have, our fingers. We have a we have a big episode coming if, out though. If if not, our backup plan. <laughs> What's our backup plan again? Oh, I thought that was your idea, Mike. Uh, no, I You're know. You're supposed to come I, up. We I don't have even, a backup. We, we don't have, have a backup guest? idea. Just I can't even, kidding. I can't even. I can't even do the intro, you guys. Please come on. Oh no! So yeah, let's hope this. Uh, let's hope this pod. Let's, let's yeah, hope. This let's hope this work. interview goes well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. I hope you. I hope you enjoy this. This beautiful interview with hopefully our guest Eduardo Sanchez. All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, 
Well, we got a really special interview for everybody uh, with Eduardo Sanchez, uh, director of Blair Witch, Exist, Altered, and a bunch of other really, really cool shit. Um, thank you for being here, Eduardo. We appreciate it. Sure, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, we're excited. Um, so today we'll be interview interviewing you for our four-year anniversary episode. We've been a podcast somehow for four years. I don't know how, where the time went, but yeah, four years. So. Well, congrats, congrats. <laughs> Thank That's you. awesome. Yeah, we appreciate it. So I guess we just kick it kick it right off into the interview and get into some questions. Um, sure. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, just to start, I just want to congratulate you. Uh, I saw the news, uh, Satanic Hispanics. That's going to be getting a theatrical release. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I mean, it's uh, it was a kind of little film that, uh, you know, kind of exceeded our expectations. So we'll see what happens. It's, you know... Uh, I'm glad we're getting some theatrical, and uh, it's a it's a it's a good uh, good mix of horror. Uh, it's got like some. Uh, I love the other filmmakers that I'm. I was kind of honored to be a part of that group, and um, and it's got a little bit of everything. It's got comedy and action, and you know, it's got some really creepy stuff and um, gross stuff. It's got a good <laughs> little combo of of everything that you love about horror. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hope you guys love it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I noticed that I am a. Huge We're really bad interviewers. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna I, say that. Hey, I'm, a, I'm a. I'm a bad interviewee. So we're uh, we're right there neck and neck, you know. Um. So I see you have all that Star Wars nerd stuff behind you, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Um. These two always make fun of me for it. Uh. And I don't. I don't see any Star Wars junk behind yeah, you, though, man. No, What's going this on? is. I don't, this I don't is see like, nothing. <laughs> I live in the middle of the country, so all of my stuff He's is is downs is downstairs. Uh, this is the only area where I can record, just because of reception <laughs> is awful. Um, right, right. So, most important uh, question: We know you're a huge Star Wars fan, obviously. And uh, what sure. are your top three characters, uh, canoned or non-canoned? Uh, and what are your uh, top three Star Wars movies? Ooh. Well, the care. I mean, I like. Um, that's a tough one, man. I mean, I love um, Han Solo, of course. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Harrison Ford is just fucking awesome, <laughs> brilliant, um, and in so many ways. Um, and he just keeps on giving. You know, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then. Um, I mean, I like. I mean, it's hard to choose because I like the droids. I like R two, and um, I love Leia. Uh, I love most of the original Chewbacca. Cause, you know, I'm six foot seven, so I relate to Chewbacca very much. <laughs> oh man, are you really? Being, yeah, <laughs> just being moly. awkward and tall. You know, Bigfoot. <laughs> I love Bigfoot. That's why I relate to to Bigfoot so much. Hell yeah. Um, but I love you know because you said canon and non-canon, and I don't know if she's canon anymore. But I love. Um, the relationship between Luke and Mara Jade mm-hmm. uh, in the books. Um, I loved how like she was she was supposed to kill him, and you know they became. I, I don't know. I loved. It. I just loved Luke, and I love Mark Hamill too. He's become kind of this national treasure, um, and uh, so like I love the uh, the novels that dealt with her and and Luke getting together and getting married in their relationship. I just felt like Luke was always like you know after Luke lost Leia because you know it's his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I I always like was kind of rooting for him to find somebody, and I really loved like their romance and the fact that she was like 
hired to kill him and shit. And um, I don't know if he was she was hired or she just wanted revenge or whatever. I don't know how much you guys know about it, but um, I just love how they got together. And then later on, how you know she became like her his partner, and um, you know I, I, that was kind of my favorite. I mean, you know, it's kind of a weird thing to to like as usually as a dude, you know, like like <laughs> like the romantic parts of Star Wars, but um. I did love those expanded universe books, and um, and so those are my favorite characters. And then movies, I love the Empire Strikes Back, of course. Um, I think my I think Rogue One is Hell yeah, also my favorite. One of my favorites. That's epic. That one's great. Yeah, and then um, the third one's tough. I mean, it's I mean, it's kind of unpopular, but I really liked um, Rise of Skywalker. I thought that like. After like the, not the mess, but like, and you know, I don't blame Ryan Johnson. I like Last Jedi and I like Force Awakens. I didn't love it. You know, I, I hated that they kind of copied so much of like the original movies, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know who, you know, I, I don't know to blame Disney or who the hell to blame for that. Um, but I felt that JJ Abrams did a crazy job, like kind of putting something together that was sort of cohesive after, you know, like just the, 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 the shift in tone and the shift in story between, you know, force awakens and last Jedi. And I'm not sure why the hell Disney, um, you know, that was the strategy. Like they had, they hadn't mapped out the first, the three movies. I don't know how you go into like, a, you know, the final trilogy of like, you know, probably the most popular trilogy of, of all time. Mm-hmm. Um and not like have it mapped out, you know what I mean? Like, right. but they, you know, what Brian Johnson created was kind of cool, and then the way JJ just kind of cobbled together, especially like you know Carrie Fisher was you know dead, yeah. Um, and you know, and yeah. I and I did like the Emperor. Like, I it made sense to me that the em- you know Palpatine was like the bad guy in all the in the whole all three trilogies. You know, yeah. what I'm saying like to me it made sense that Palpatine was still around. Um, I just wish the second movie had kind of like hinted that a little bit more, which it didn't. So it was a little bit of a surprise, but I liked it. You know, I thought, again, it was like, you know, it was kind of, it made like a, it was a great movie based on what, you know, he had to work with. And I also love, I also like Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that sort of halfway redeemed the the prequel trilogy but yeah those are my favorite uh star wars movies but i love all of them i mean i even the like uh, the the tv shows like i you know there's Andor. i thought was great and clone, you know, clone I, wars I, clone, clone wars, wars the cart yeah i mean I, you know I, I like rebels i like uh you know and i you know i look i like all the you know mandalorian was great i think boba fett had its moments obi-wan had its moments but it's still star wars and it's a great time to be a star wars fan we we um we went through such a drought, you know, that yeah. that few people, uh, I don't know how old you guys are, but, you know, remember the mid 80s to like, you know, 90s was a huge drought in Star Wars. And, um, right, you know, and it's it's just great to have, you know, new stuff coming out. Some of it hits, some of it doesn't, you know, but it's cool. Right. It, well, it, it's it's um, I remember uh, the, the going to see the prequels in theaters and just uh, i think this might be this might be controversial but episode 1 is um in my top 3 star wars movies uh because That's it was like the come it was the comeback it was star wars coming back <laughs> and 
like the magic just kind of got reinstated yeah. and 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 there is i think there's so much so many great characters um Maul, the intro, uh, introduction of Maul and what they did with him in Clone Wars um, was just like, yeah. it, it, it was amazing. But I that the duel of the fates, the, the fight scene with Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan were amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, episode one was like, God, we're like nerding out on Star Wars too long, <laughs> I think. But I think episode one, like that trailer was you know like you know we were all wondering at least i was wondering about like man star wars hasn't been it's been so long and how is that magic going to come back and but as soon as you saw the theme and i remember that first preview trailer where their things are coming out of the those the the, the jungle and the and the steam the mm-hmm. john williams music came in like it was like and then the lightsabers came out. You were like, holy shit, we're back. Star Wars is back. And episode one, I mean, it had some great moments. It really did. I mean, you know, you could say a lot of negative things about it. And I think the story was a little like, you know, the corporate stuff and all Absolutely. that kind of was a little bit over, was a little bit over thought out. But, you know, you know, the pod race scene, that scene at the end, the opening scene when the Jedi are like freaking everybody's like afraid of the Jedi. Like you were you'd have been waiting, you know, at least as as a kid, I've been waiting for like a Jedi in full freaking power to be seen like that. I mean, I've been waiting all my life for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, the Jedi are feared and they're these dude they're badasses. Um and, you know, obviously Jar Jar came in and you know, you had to kind of you know, whatever. But um the uh you know I, I you know yeah i thought i still i still loved it and i still you know every once in a while go back and watch it and you know it's you know it's a star wars movie so there's always good stuff to kind of to take to kind of take you along you know right and just just one more star wars thing i know where i just um oh, have you shit. heard of have you heard of acolyte yeah yeah the the, the new show yeah the new show i um i heard that it is based on um, the old Republic and when like uh, when the Jedi like the the force wielders split off into uh, Sith and um, then Jedi and how the mm-hmm. Sith were like uh, banished to I think it was Doth was no it's not Dothamir Dothamir yeah Dothamir yeah I don't know and yeah but they have a new show coming out and I'm super excited about a Sith-based Star Wars series. Because um, well, let me let me, t- let me say something. I think that now we're not a cryptid podcast anymore. I think we're a Star Wars <laughs> podcast. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Matt's Matt's always wanted. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's yeah, no, there's that. yeah, no, no, no. There's some cool stuff coming out, but yeah. uh, you know, enough of Star Wars. Yes. If, yes, if absolutely. we can say that with this with this background of mine. <laughs> So um, when this when this episode comes out, the Star Wars stuff's going to be cut to like thirty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got, yeah, just edit it. Just edit this out. Man. Yeah. Um. So, uh, did you grow up with any um legends or lore, like any anything growing up that that intrigued you? Well, yes, absolutely. My mom. Uh, I mean, I was born in Cuba, and I ended up in the United States when I was five, and left Cuba when I was two, and um. So like, you know, it was, I was always, um, you know, my parents obviously, you know, uh, my mom really sheltered me when I was very young and you know, it was new country and 
she never, she's still, they're still around luckily and, but they never learned English. So they kind of kept us very insulated. And so I had, you know, TV and school was kind of like my introduction to the United, you know, to the culture of the U S. So, um, but she would always, my mom had a really, and still does like has a very kind of dark, um, I don't know if it's sense of humor or like parenting skills or whatever, but she would scare me with things like to basically make me, uh, behave. And she had this thing called, uh, La Pata Negra, which is the, the black foot, the dark foot, mm. which is kind of like Bigfoot. I kind of equated it with Bigfoot pretty quickly once I saw like the Patterson Gimlin film and, you know, Legend of Boggy Creek. Um, you know, that was like the, so the Pata Negra would be basically like, you know, he shoot, he would, uh, come in through your window if you were bad. So that's the shit I, that's the shit I grew up with. Um, so there was, so for me, you know, Bigfoot was like a real creature. Um, and you know, the documentaries kind of, you know, especially Legend of Boggy Creek and like that, you remember in search of with Leonard Nimoy, like those are the things that I grew up with, uh, and fearing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I loved it. You know, like mm -hmm. there was this, like, I remember watching, um, like I, when I was a kid, I would have to watch, like whenever there was a Bigfoot documentary on or a Bigfoot show, I would have to like kind of sit close to the TV. And this is before remote controls. And I would have to be like, watch the Bigfoot show until like it creeped me out to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. Then I would switch the channel to something else. And I remember one time I switching between like a Bigfoot documentary and like battle of the network stars, which I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember, but it was like all the stars of the ABC, CBS and NBC would get together and have like these little goofy Olympics. Like, <laughs> but it was a chance to see like your stars in like bathing suits and kind of <laughs> acting normal and, you know, you know, swimming in against each other and doing just, you know, the, the tug of war was like the big event at the end of the show. But it was a really fun show. You know, you'd see like the six million dollar man and, you know, all, all the stars of the shows that would, you know, were like, um, old, you know, young enough to like compete would go out there. And it was kind of a fun thing, but it would be and then I would just watch that for a little bit. And then I would go back to the Bigfoot show and get creeped out. But it really was like the the thing that like you know, scared me the most as a kid. Like I would always imagine that I, like for me, the, the, the idea of like Bigfoot coming in and looking through my window was just, it was just a matter of time. That's creepy. Like Nightmare. it was just a Nightmare. matter of time before yeah. something came through my window and like grabbed me or at least looked at me, you know, but, I, but again, I loved it. I, I loved yeah. it. You know, yeah. let me tell you, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a new father. So that's I got that. That's perfect. You just gave me inspiration. That's gonna be my yeah. No, dude, that's mean. It's mean. Uh, my my uh, my mom tried to pull that on my kids one time, and my mom's like, "Tell you know, my one of my kids was like not wanting to go to sleep, and he's like, tell him, tell him the pata negra is gonna get him.' I'm like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my kids through that. Um, so you know, just that different parenting skills. It's. Oh, it's cool creepy. to see um, Legend of Boggy Creek having this new. Um, I guess their uh, Pamela Pierce, Charles Pierce's uh, daughter, is re like releasing yeah. it in theaters, doing like a remastered version. Yeah, um, yeah, she remastered it, and you know, yeah, it looks it looks beautiful. You can mm -hmm. actually see the the so many details that were completely lost in the mm -hmm. original uh, transfer. So it's it's I've seen I saw the original the. Uh, the remaster, I think the last Bigfoot festival I went to and, um, it looks amazing. Like you yeah. can actually see everything. It's cool. Yeah. 
So what made you want to, in, in my opinion, I loved uh, Exist. It's one of my favorite Bigfoot movies. Total nerd about it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So, Thank you. So what, what made you, uh, what got you into Bigfoot? And um, do you also believe... Now there's two like schools of thought, right? With Bigfoot, it's mm-hmm. like something spiritual, and then there's it's like a flesh and blood thing. What do you think it is, and uh, what made you want to direct it? Like exist? I think it's I think it's definitely a physical. I don't believe that it's like an interdimensional being. Or right. I just like to me, it's like scarier that it's some kind of missing, you know, missing link. Right. Uh, tied to humanity somewhere along the line that kind of deviated and just, you know, kind of survived on its own somehow. Um, and, uh, and as far as existence is concerned, you know, it's like, I've been wanting to make a Bigfoot movie since I was a kid, since I've, you know, wanted to be a filmmaker. Like I always felt that, um, Bigfoot was always, you know, kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it kind of, you know, because when I grew up, Bigfoot was scary. And then it started becoming, you know, Harry and the Hendersons. And um, even though I love that movie, um, you know, it, it kind of became, you know, it's like like everything. Like, you know, you kind of you're afraid of it. So you start to make fun of it. Like, you know, just about everything that we, you know, that we come up with. That's why, you know, Scary Movie or I mean, uh, yeah, Scary Movie is so pop. You know, it's a popular mm-hmm. franchise because, you know, we love to make fun of the things that scare us. So. Um, and then also I always, I always felt that like Bigfoot, um, even though I'm a fan of a lot of Bigfoot movies, I always felt that the on-screen Bigfoot was like not taken seriously enough. Like there was never enough money for the suit and like early on, um, after Blair Witch, like one of the things that I wrote was this script that I co-wrote with a, a writer named Mark Eaton, this script called Manable Walk. And it was basically like this, um, like a, it takes place right after the civil war, like late 1800s. And the, uh, the it, like a, you know, it's like a period piece about like a tribe of Sasquatch that like attack this train. Whoa. Um, oh, full of, oh, full of, and it's, it was like, and actually I'm still like, I don't want to talk too much about it because I, I'm still trying. There's, there's still some life left in it. Like I still am like trying to get it made, awesome. but it was basically like this, you know, $30 million Bigfoot movie. And, uh, and I did get an option. There was like interest, but you know, it's just like, nobody's going to spend $30 million on a Bigfoot movie, uh, right now, you know, just yeah. so, um, but I did get a lot of fans, you know, like people in the, in the, a lot of producers interested in it. And again, like I optioned it and there was like a, there was actually a time where we thought we were going to make it. Um, but then it didn't happen. So I wrote another script called exists, which was a lower budget. Uh, but it was like a, still like a five to $10 million movie. And, it was a, it was the same, you know, it was the same title, but it was a different story. It was a little more, it was, um, you know, more, it, it was a little more money. It was like, again, like a little more, uh, bigger budget. And we almost, um, it's a really good script. It takes place like in, um, you know, like in, uh, the, like isolated areas of Russia, like kind of like the most, um, 
uh, isolated places in the United, in the world, like yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and um, awesome. and it was cool as shit, dude. It was it's still it's still around, you know. I mean, and um, we uh, it went made the rounds. Like we actually almost sold it, and you know, legendary like was like we thought we had a deal with legendary for about a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, man, you know, they told us that they had been trying to do a Bigfoot movie for a long time and they've spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars developing and they thought that this script was was the first one that kind of cracked the Bigfoot code. But then, you know, something happened at Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers was like, nah, we're not doing a Bigfoot movie. So that kind of went away very quickly. And then we were just, I was just kind of frustrated. So I was like, let's just do like a low budget Bigfoot movie and um, we'll spend like a the, you know, the proper amount of money on, the suit you know and that's how the exists that exists is that's how that got produced <laughs> um and um you know so so it was like a uh again it was like the third bigfoot script that i had written or that i had co-written and um and luckily it was like low budget enough to 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 get it produced and uh and you know and that you know and i happened to find the right producers you know jane fleming and mike mark rodesky who like helped bring the money in and they're huge bigfoot fans and so that was kind of the way it happened but uh again like it was like a dream come true for me to direct a, a bigfoot movie yeah sweet was it um initially supposed to be uh found footage was that like your plan from the start no it wasn't the original the the original exist that took place in russia was um was like mixed found footage i think kind of like um the film that I did, Lovely Molly, which has like normal footage and then it has like a handheld camera that the characters take around. It was mixed. And then the original, and then the, the exist script that we wrote was not found footage. And then like literally a few, like a month or two before we started shooting, um, just something kind of clicked in my head and I was like, you know, Bigfoot, maybe the key to Bigfoot is found footage because you know, like every, you know, Legend of Boggy Creek is kind of found footage. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Patterson Gimlin was like, I think, probably the first found bit of found footage ever. Um, so, like, you know, the kind of shaky point of view camera, that's like really the only way we've seen Bigfoot. So I was like, you know, maybe that makes more sense than a normal film. And also, like, you know, our, we didn't have many, we didn't have a, a long shooting schedule. And I was always like, you know, found footage is not, it's not, it's not really easier to shoot, but it is a little faster. You can kind of go through things a little quicker. Um, so I was always, I felt that like maybe found footage would work better with this, um, you know, with this movie. So we switched it over to found footage, like, like, yeah, like just a few months before we started shooting. Well, I want to say that there are some off like horseshit horseshit bigfoot movies oh out there God, so thank yeah. you for ma- thank you for making exist cuz and honestly yeah, fantastic honestly if if anyone can work with a low budget and make it amazing you absolutely can that's <laughs> yeah, so, oh, thank you thank you the special effects in exist were incredible the bigfoot suit the makeup truly awesome now uh were there any hurdles that you had to kind of get over with all the makeup and all of the, the suit, any, any troubles you had with that? 
Um, no, man. I mean, the suit, like, like you know, like again, like with um, when I came up with with Manable Walk back in the day, my idea was like, imagine if like you guys, you guys remember Greystoke? You know, Tar, it was a Tarzan movie, but it was like like Stan Winston did the the gorillas. Okay. Oh, actually, no, it wasn't Stan Winston. It was actually Rick Baker, I think, did those. So just the way it was shot in those gorilla scenes, like I remember taking those gorilla scenes and doing like a little sizzle reel because for me that was like that's the way that we should do Bigfoot. It was like kind of a, like a Rick Baker kind of like, all right, I need um, – this is what we need. You know what I mean? This is the level of, of, of Bigfoot you know, suit that we need. So I knew that we were like – you know, it was going to be expensive um, – and uh, we started off uh, actually working with Weta, um, you know, from the Lord of the Rings films, because Mark Rodesky, mm-hmm. our producer, had a relationship with them. And then it quickly, we quickly moved over to Spectral Motion, who we've done, we had done a couple of movies with. And they just, I guess they, you know, really, I think they understood the whole Bigfoot thing, I guess being more like an American company. I think they understood the Bigfoot thing a little, uh, it was clearer for them. So right. their designs like were more what we thought, you know, should, should be the Bigfoot. And Mike Elizaldi was like the lead guy who, who designed the suit. And, um, he immediately was like, there's this guy named Brian Steele. Who's like, you know, six foot seven. And he's like our creature guy. He's, you know, he has to play Bigfoot and, I met Brian and just, you know, the enthusiasm that he brought to it. And just like he, you know, it was like a real role. It was a real character for him. And I always felt that like, you know, to me, like um, I wanted, I didn't want Bigfoot to be just a monster, like just a mindless killing machine. Like for me, it was like, I felt that like it had to have, you know, levels of humanity, Absolutely. Um, you know, because for me, it was like, again, like the way we talked, you know, we talked about it earlier. Like for me, Bigfoot is like, you know, an offshoot of humanity. So it has to have like, it's an animal, but it does have these human, you know, these, these elements of, of humanity and it's intelligent. Like it's a pretty smart creature, you know? So Brian was like right there with me and he would send me, he would send me videos of him, like in his backyard, you know, running around (laughs) and run and, you know, everything like just like, and, you know, uh, yeah, it wasn't really a challenge. I mean, because I mean, the money, getting the money was the biggest challenge, but I knew that like the spectral motion guys were going to like knock it out of the park. They had done the effects for altered and, and seventh moon. And they were just like, just the best in the business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, but, but then I remember like, you know, cause, cause it's like, you know, before it exists, like there was this thing of like, okay what's the best looking Bigfoot that's ever been caught, you know, that on screen, like in movies. And you can't really name too many, like, you know, everything looks like a dude in a suit, you know what I mean? And I was like, it can't look like a guy in a suit. It has to look like, you know, like a real creature. So I was like, kind of like the whole idea was like, okay, how am I going to shoot this thing? You know, you can't, you have to be, you have to have a strategy when shooting these, you know, these, any kind of effect, but especially creatures, like you have to kind of have some, you know, the lighting has to be, you know, a thing, because if you show too much of it, it looks like a guy in a suit. It's just the way it is. It's because it is a guy in a suit. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you can't get, a, you know, away from that. <laughs> um, and I didn't want to do CG, you know, like I didn't want to do like a, like a computer generated creature. 
you know, I, I was always, I was prepared to be like blown away, but I was also prepared to be like, okay, we can't do that with it. And we can't do this with it. And, you know, there's going to be limitations. But then I remember we went to LA and it was the first time that we saw Brian in the suit and they applied the, you know, prosthetics on the face and like basically everything, everything was ready to go. And we had him come out and there was like a little patch of, of woods in the parking lot of spectral motion in the back, just basically some trees with some like ground, you know, some dirt on the ground. And we we're like, all right, go in there and, you know, pretend to like, you know, move around. And, and, um, our DP was like, you know, zooming in on his face and, and, uh, you know, I was like, holy crap. Like, you know, and just the way Brian was like eat, pretending to eat these things from the woods, from the ground, and the way the photography was, and you know, he was getting close to it, and his mouth chewing, and you know, saliva coming out, and and I was like, holy shit, man, this looks like a freaking creature. Like I right. can, I can zoom in on this thing all the way into the face, and like it works, you know. So, so at that point, it became like all right, like, you know, I'm not going to show this creature like that way at, from the beginning, but I, I do want, you know, I want to show it off. I want to make it like, you know, I want to let Brian like act and be, a, you know, I want to get a close-up of this thing by the end of the movie, you know? Um, and, and you do, yeah. Yeah, so that really opened up like the ending for me because like I wanted there to be like this emotional connection and I wanted there to be like, you know, the creature is actually like, uh, is actually more mature and more human than the humans. You know what I mean? Like it, it mm-hmm. went through this phase of like just anger and revenge and just like, you know, why are you in this, in my, you know, my home and why'd you do this? And, and then at the end, it's like this, mer- you know, mercy, which is like, you know, the, the ultimate, you know, human kind of act of kindness, just like mercy for another, for another living being. You know, I, I just, I, I wanted to do that. I did, and I didn't, you know, I don't know how, I didn't know how I was going to do it. But luckily, you know, we had Brian and we had great makeup. We had great photography. We had, you know, Nima's score. Like there was, you know, the music was freaking great. And, you know, it, it was an awesome moment that I'm really proud of where it was like, you finally like get to emotionally attach yourself to Bigfoot, not in a funny way, but in like a real, like, you know, like a real right. animal, you know what I mean? Like a real living creature. And so I thought, it, you know, I thought it was cool, man. I love yeah, it. It was, it, mm-hmm. it's, um, that, that ending, it shows like this emotional exhaustion in the Bigfoot's face when there's that close up on the bridge of its face. Like you finally get mm-hmm. to see its face close up and it's just like emotionally like done. And yeah. it was really yeah. cool, and it, it that came across really well. Um, now, having having like been around someone in a Bigfoot suit, do you think that the Patterson Gimlin footage was suited, mm-hmm. or do you think that was a legit footage of of Bigfoot? Man, that's that's a good question because like I think people are like um, like like to be you know. Patterson Gimlin was like almost like a re- it's like a religious thing to me like it's right. like it's like the the shroud of Turin or something you know for, <laughs> it's like having Jesus's cross you know what I mean like it's like um like for me there's like this level of like don't fuck with it like mm-hmm. don't 
don't tear it apart. Don't make fun of it. Don't like just, it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a, again, like a, like religious text, you know, like mm-hmm. a religious artifact. So, but, but I, you know, like, like everybody, I'm like, that's gotta be a guy that's suit. I mean, come on, you know, what are the chances that somebody really caught Bigfoot or whatever? But as a kid, obviously when we first saw it, you know, that was, that was a creature. Like there's no doubt about it. Like that's a creature. And then as you get older, like, you know, uh, you know, you start to think, you know, oh, come on, I can't be a Bigfoot, whatever, this is a suit. But then I, um, uh, Lyle Blackburn, right, who mm-hmm. does the, you know, he's like a good friend of mine and, a, you know, a big kind of Bigfoot guy, obviously. He did um, a breakdown of Patterson Gimlin years ago at a at a Bigfoot convention I went to and just kind of pointed out a bunch of things that were like pretty remarkable and that I hadn't like, again, it was like a biblical scholar going through the Bible and (laughs) picking things out, but it was, it brought up a lot of like pretty interesting points where I'm like, that's a, if it's a suit, that's a fucking amazing suit. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and again, having worked with, you know, I mean, we shot exists in like the, like 2000, you know, 12 or something like that. So like literally like, what is that? 50 years or 45 years after more than like 45 years after that movie was, you know, Patterson Gimlin was shot and, you know, and the trouble that we had of just making it look real. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't imagine. And, and also like, you know, Lyle, you know, brings out the whole of like, the muscle tone and mm-hmm. and the fact that the thing has breasts like yeah. mm-hmm. why would you why would you do a suit with breasts right like 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 that's one of the things that we went through like it was the creature in exist a male or a female and we were like i love the idea of it being a female but we didn't want to have breasts because you know it just makes it a little it just you know it just makes it kind of i don't know we we just were thinking like it's going to be comical or it's just going to be distracting right. it's just even if we had like small, so for me, it was like, you don't see a penis, you don't see breast, you just kind of, all right, maybe it's a male, maybe it's a female, whatever. Um, yeah. But like, why the hell would these guys put breasts on a Bigfoot? Yeah. On a Bigfoot suit? Like they have a weird, a weird kink or something. I, I mean, like, you know, like, like you have to kind of think of the, of the, it's like, okay, you know, what would be cool is if we did, you know, we know a guy, we know some people who can make like cool suits and mm-hmm. let's make a Bigfoot suit and then let's go out into the woods and stage it and, you know, and then we'll release it and we'll become famous and, you know, whatever. It'll be kind of a gag, you know, like, you know, it was like kind of an internet thing before the internet, you know, obviously. Um, oh yeah, let's put breasts on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a last minute decision. You know what I mean? Like, like. Like it doesn't make any sense, man. Mm-hmm. And and so so for me, it's like you know, if somebody you know tell me, all right, is it real or not? I'm, I can't tell you. I'm not sure. I mean, I definitely lean on the fact that it's so amazing that it has to be fake. But there are so many. It's the same thing with like the 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 um the reality of whether Bigfoot is real or not. Yeah. You know, like people ask me, like, do you believe in Bigfoot? I'm like. No, I can't believe in it because all these years nothing's been found. But what the hell are people seeing? Right. You know, because like 
you know, there's obviously some people that are bullshitting and they're like, oh, yeah, I saw Bigfoot, you know, and I saw El- <laughs> I saw Elvis and mm-hmm. this and that. But then you have like these like like a real quick story. There's a, the stunt coordinator who actually plays the uncle at the end of Exist. This guy named Schwan, Jeff Schwan, and he's a really nice guy, really great guy, Texas guy, and kind of famous, you know, like big stunt guy in Texas. And, and he, you know, he happened to be the stunt guy on the stunt coordinator on Exist. And then he was like, hey, you know, like I can play the uncle. I'm like, yeah, 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 we'll play the uncle, man. That's great. He was perfect, you know. And, um, but, you know, like we hired him and, you know, I, I didn't know this guy. Like, you know, I knew he was a cool guy, whatever. And he, his resume was pretty amazing. So I was like, yeah, yeah. And he was willing to do it for the price, you know, you know, he's, he likes Bigfoot, whatever. But then like two weeks into the shoot, he's like, Hey Ed, have I ever told you my Bigfoot story? So he tells me the story of like, that he's, you know, driving somewhere in, you know, Northeast or somewhere. I can't remember exactly where it was and it was snowing and, He's just trying to get to the town, you know, he's in the middle of the woods, he's with his wife, and he's like, oh my God, am I going to make it, you know, this, and he said he saw this thing, you know, walk across the street in the middle of nowhere, like, and, and you know, and he stopped the car, his wife's like, are you crazy, you know, keep, keep moving, are you nuts, and he looked at it, walk, you know, walk into the woods, and the thing, you know, like, as it crossed the street, it looked at him, yeah. you know, looked at the car and just kept walking. And he's like, what the hell was that? Like, if it was somebody in a suit, why the hell are they in the middle of, like, miles from anywhere? Yeah. Why, you know, and and he's, a, you know, he's like an outdoorsman, so he knows what a bear looks like, a bear on two legs. And so, so, so to me, and it was funny because, like, when, when we, uh, when Brian finally came to set, because we were, st- we were shooting and then Brian came in like a week, I think 10 days into the shoot, the first time that Brian walked into the, said and was like walking around the woods jeff was like hey ed remember that story i told you i'm like yeah he's like that's what i saw that's exactly what i saw so i'm like so i'm like what the hell did jeff see Mm -hmm. you know and what and what the hell are all these people seeing you know what i mean so you know it's a weird thing because you're like logically speaking they would have found some, you know, some bones or some something that would have proven that it was some kind of offshoot or some kind of, you know, some kind of creature that hadn't been discovered yet. But then you're like, okay, so it's not real. But then what the hell are these people seeing? Right. You know, what are the, what are people seeing? You know, so it to me, it's like it, it's this thing, just like the Patterson-Gimlin film. To me, it's like, I'm not sure if it's real. I can't say it's real. I can't say it's fake. But something is up. Yeah. You know, and that's what's and that's what's fascinating about Bigfoot and all these all this kind of stuff is the idea that like you know you you don't we don't know. Yep. Yep. You know, the minute we the minute we do know, it'll be all it'll be oh it was a it was an ape that went crazy or whatever that went off oh it's just that it become it'll lose all its mystery you know what I mean? Yep. But the fact that we don't know it just makes it so uh, so great that you know people like us and you know countless others like some devote their lives to this, to these things, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you got to have respect for that. And, that. and that's what like, ultimately when I did exist, like for me, it was like, I want like the Bigfoot enthusiasts to like respect this movie, you know, yeah. whether they like it or not, whatever. But I want them to feel like, you know, it was the creature was treated with respect and, and dignity. And it wasn't just like this crazy killing machine that, you know, from outer space or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. All right. Okay. Uh, before we continue, we have a word from our sponsor. Hey, boys, 
Listen up. Huh. What? What? Was up? Did you know that heaven is a place on earth? Psh, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, man. Have you gone nuts? Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. No, no. Guys, literally, heaven is right here on earth, and it's called Braxton County, West Virginia. Bro, you're being so dramatic. I mean, yeah, I really am, but but beautiful Braxton County is in the very center of West Virginia and a hot spot for paranormal activity. <laughs> okay, you have my attention now. Braxton County is home to the Flatwoods Monster Museum, where you can learn all about the famous 1952 sighting and buy some amazing merch. You can also visit the West Virginia Bigfoot Museum that's right down the street. Both are free of charge. Well, I like that price. Also, if you're in the mood for a little ghost hunting, the Heyman House and the Elk Hostel offer ghost hunts and other creepy activities year-round. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good time to bring this up, but Matt, remember that one time you peed your pants uh, uh, while we went ghost hunting? Sh- 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 uh, yep, I thought we agreed not to talk about that, though. <laughs> uh, yikes. Uh, ghost hunting, not your thing? Visit a few ghost towns instead and pretend you're the last person on Earth in Wilsey, West Virginia, and exchange West Virginia. Well, I wish I was the last person on Earth, so... Okay, okay, Matt, enough of your sob story. There really can't be that much more cool stuff in such a small area, right? Well, Jake, there totally is. You can go Bigfoot hunting at Sutton Lake, grab a picture while sitting at one of the five Braxy chairs spread throughout Braxton County, and grab a bite to eat at the spot a restaurant that is close by the sighting of the Flatwoods Monster and prides itself in serving cryptid-themed food. Oh, wow. I need to get there ASAP. Someone get my private jet, please. Country roads take me to Braxton County. All right, for more info, visit www.braxtonwv.org backslash mothboys. That is www.braxtonwv.org backslash mothboys for more info and when you go visit braxton county tell them the The moth boys sent you and now back to the show so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a a sharp left here and we're gonna go to blair witch project i'm gonna ask you Mm -hmm. some questions about blair witch uh first of all actually i'm not gonna go to blair witch i want to I just want to make a statement right now. Fake uh, out, fake yeah, out, fake exactly. Oh shit! Oh shit! I want to give you props for uh, having one of the best gross-out scenes in any movie that I've seen in Altered, when the alien uh, pulls out the guy's intestines. Uh, oh yeah! Pulls them across the room. He pulls them across the room essentially, and kind of holds them hostage, uh, so people won't attack him. Kind of, kind of thing. Yeah, that no, was that genius. Was, yeah. Thank you, sir. Yep. That was that was Jamie Nash, the writer, and. When I, when I read it, I was like, holy shit, how are we going to do that? <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sick mind that came up with that. <laughs> I love and it. I, and, I, and, I, and I thank him every day for it. <laughs> All right, Blair Witch Project. Uh, um, so the Blair Witch Project has inspired so many found footage movies. Uh, what are some of your favorite found footage movies? Um, I liked Wreck. Um, I liked... Oh, um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, the original Paranormal Activity I thought was really well done. Um, there was this movie called uh, The Europa Report. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I I thought that was really great. There's been there's I mean there's a lot of great ones. I mean there's a lot of like you know lame ones uh, that mm-hmm. I want to I don't want to say anything about. But um, 
I loved like the VHS movies. Um, it, it is a bunch of them that I like, man. I think it's like, it's a, it's a, I mean, I think again, like I, and I touched on this earlier, like I think people think it's an, it's easy, like found footage is easy, but to make it good, it's, it's probably more difficult than a normal movie because, you know, you, you do have to kind of walk the line of the idea of like, why the hell are people shooting this movie and why don't they just throw the camera at the creature and run away? (laughs) Um, I like, I love, I love, I love Clover. I love Cloverfield. I thought that was really clever. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's, there's, there's a, there's so many good ones. Um, but, uh, and it's, and it's cool. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's amazing that, um, that our movie, you know, pushed, you know, pushed this kind of subgenre into the spotlight and, and inspired people to, to make it, you know, like I, I was inspired by star Wars, as you can see, mm-hmm. um, when I was a kid and the biggest, you know, for me, like the, 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 the coolest thing is when people are like, Oh my God, you know, Blair, Witch, you know, taught me, you know, showed me that I could do it or I could do this. And it made me excited me where I'm like, that's awesome. I never thought that, you know, one of my movies would inspire people. So it's cool. I mean, I, I, I know, you know, I think the found footage thing kind of, you know, it was almost like an overdosed a little bit. Like there was a lot of found footage and a lot of stupid crap, but I feel that like there still are like host, which I thought was like one of the, or one of the latest ones that I really liked. I still think there's like some good, there's some good found footage to be made. I think it's yeah. still a, you know, viable um, genre, you know, and you're considered like one of the the godfathers or at least the one of the people that like really pushed it forward and was like this is awesome. I mean, you can it's 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 got to be great knowing that you inspired all these people. It's it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. No, no, I mean, it's like and a lot of people, you know, um like I just did a show in Budapest and, you know, eventually people are like, Oh, you did Blair witch and this and that. And, <laughs> and some people are like, um, oh, aren't you, you know, a lot of people are kind of hesitant to, to approach me about it because I'm like, they're like, you, you like talking about it? Cause you know, I mean, cause I, I mean, I guess some people, you know, who are popular for one thing, one movie or, a, or a TV show or a song or whatever, they get bitter and they're like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I want to talk about my other movies or whatever. And I've never felt that way. Like for me, it's like, dude, if you, like you guys, if you guys want to talk to me about my movie that I made 25 years ago, why the hell would I be the one that said, nah, I don't want to talk about Blair Witch. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I'll, I'll talk about it. I think until the, you know, the day I die, if people want to talk about it. Um, I, and, and, and so I just, I just feel so blessed to have been a part of it, man, because it was so collaborative. Um, and you know, it was a, it was a, a good idea that, you know, Dan Myrick and I came up with, but it was also, but then, so many people came in and like fleshed it out and, 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 and also we got so lucky with, you know, everything, the, the internet stuff and all the marketing, we found the right distributor and it was like a pretty much like the exact right time in the internet to like, you know, put out this misinformation and, uh, you know, and have it be believable and, you know, and that's so, so I just feel, and now it's, you know, it's given me, you know, gave me the ability to make some films. Now it's given me a television career um, you know, I have so much gratitude for being a part of it. So, um, 
Yeah, that, that's mostly what I feel. I just feel like blessed that I was a part of it. You know, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, so we all know that the lore behind Blair Witch is not real, but <clears throat> there are many people, including us, us three, that still fully believe in it. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm scared. I'm scared of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think makes people really latch on to the story of the Blair Witch? But I think it's like I think Dan and I like you know the, the mythology was was always going to be rooted around like the Salem witch trials, you know, like the idea of like innocent people being, you know, persecuted and killed and just, you know, um, you know, like the whole, the basic idea of like witches being burned at the stake, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, just that injustice, you know what I mean? So, and when we came up with the idea, we knew that this documentary team was going to go out into the woods to, to, you know, we needed a mythology, you know, we needed the documentary to be about something. You know, these people were not in the woods just to take nature shots. They were out there to investigate this, you know, old wives tale. You know what I mean? And, um, we always felt that like the idea of like originating it in like this major injustice, you know, like all good kind of, stories you know of injustice and then revenge like it has a hook it has a good hook like damn man these it has an even better hook than the salem witch trials you know like it's literally like oh they condemned this lady they put her out in the middle of the woods to freeze to death they never found her body and then the towns the town just started like nobody knows what happened but by the next by the next spring everybody everybody in the town was dead you know like that's like that's such a great, such a great hook. You know what I mean? And, and I think that, um, you know, and again, like, I guess empowering women, you know, in a, in a time, even now, like when, you know, women have always been second rate, you know, second grade, uh, you know, rate citizens. And mm-hmm. unfortunately the idea of like, you know, some, a woman getting whatever, even if, even if she used supernatural forces, even if it has, she had nothing to do with it and just something came and wiped them out for whatever reason, like just the idea of like her getting revenge is just a great story. You know what I'm saying? Just, there are very rare stories like that, you know, that, that like, that, that have such a satisfying kind of, and you're like, okay, well, they, those motherfuckers deserved it. You know, they, they deserve that shit. You know, they, yeah. This curse don't stay out of the woods, but it, it's, it's a justified curse. It's not, you know, it's just like, you know, and, and um, so I think that there's this, at least the people who know enough about it, like there, it is like a really, again, like it's a cool little revenge story. And then the idea that like, there is this lingering evil that, you know, every 50 years or whatever, something fucked up happens in that area. Like, it's just this weird thing of like, oh, my God, that's so cool. So I think it's just, you know, it was a cool combination of like revenge and then um, and just people, again, like us, like wanting to believe in Bigfoot and and not like, you know, in, in the same with me, like UFOs and ghosts and like, I want to believe in that stuff. Like, I don't really want to work too hard to disprove that stuff. Like I like yeah. being mystical in that way. You know what I mean? And I think that people with the Blair Witch, they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. What? Don't, don't tell me it was fake. Whatever. Just, uh, what, la, 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 you know, like, I'm not going <laughs> to listen to you uh, in my mind. I'm just going to believe because it's such a cool story. And I'm going to like, believe that the area around Burkittsville is, is haunted. And that's, that's the end of it. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it was cool. And that's one of the things that we discovered like early on when we were, you know, when we were editing the movie and I was, I was in charge of the website, like this is before 
Sundance before anything. We started putting out the details of the of the mythology and like the timeline, and people loved it. You know, there was like this: is it real? And then we never we wouldn't tell people it wasn't real, and they would do their own research, and you know, and then they eventually they began to add to it. You know, like for us, that was the that's still the magic of it. Like we love fan made stuff. We love like all the offshoots. You know, people are always like. You know, are you pissed off because the sequels and whatever? And did they, you know, did they, you know, deny or, or did they, you know, um, you know, negate some of the stuff that you created? I'm like, it's fine if it negates stuff because the stuff we created is all, it's all kind of, there's no facts. I mean, there is a fact that this woman lived and whatever, you know, Ellie Kedward lived. And, but other than that, like everything else could just be stories. And, and it's, it's great to be mixed up and get the details wrong. You know, like it's, it's history and that's what makes it more real, you know. And I love when people kind of pull, pull it apart and add their own stories. And, you know, um, you know, it's, it's just cool to, that, that there is, that the Blair Witch still kind of exists, you know, this mythology mm-hmm. still exists, you know, even, you know, when there isn't, I mean, there are movies still coming out and, you know, TV shows coming out, even though we would love that. Um, yeah. You know, at, at this point, there's nothing, there's nothing new. You know, there's an escape room in Vegas and oh, that's there cool. was, there was like a hunter killer, you know, uh, <laughs> that's thing awesome. a couple oh, of years ago, yeah. which is fucking amazing. Um, so, you know, there is still a little bit of stuff coming out, but you know, it, it's, I just love the fact that people are still kind of intrigued by it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so that kind of leads into, uh, my next question actually, uh, in the 2016 adaptation of Blair Witch, mm-hmm. uh, they seem to hint at an alien counter type scenario towards the end of the movie. What are your thoughts on, on that? If you, um, if you remember it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I never... Again, like it's one of these things where it's like, yeah, it if it's you know if you want to go down its aliens route, then um you know I'll go down that that road with you. It's not like personally my the way I would take it, um, but again, like for me, it's like there's something odd going on in those woods. You know, if it's something that like is a and there's obviously some kind of you know multi-dimensional thing going on because even in the first movie like people don't realize that the first movie was about time travel also like mm-hmm. they that house at the end doesn't exist it burned down in the 40s right so the idea that these you know this footage exists of them going into this house that the house never existed you know since the 40s it's like okay that's i mean i know a lot of people most people that watch the movie don't get that you know clue but there you know that's that's what it is. You know, there is time travel. These people entered some other zone. So if you want to make that, that that's alien or it's like, I mean, it's, it is alien of some kind, you know, if mm-hmm. you want to call supernatural stuff, alien that we don't know what it is, if it's, you know, so I'm open to all that stuff, man, whether, you know, it's like, and, and even like stuff where like people are like, Oh, you know, Josh and Mike were in cahoots. I'm like, Sure. <laughs> yeah, you can go down. You can go down that road. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I've always, I always felt that there is something supernatural in the woods. Um, but you know, that's what I love about it. That's what I loved about the the 2016 movie is that it, you know, it. Um, I didn't. Th- I thought it didn't go far enough. Like I would have loved to to for, to gone 
even f- like what happens after the house. Yeah, same here. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. You know, like I like that's that was my only disappointment with the movie. And then when I read the script, also I'm like, man, I want I want to see what happens. What you guys come up with that happens after the house because mm-hmm. that's you know our film ended at the house. I don't you know I want I want to keep going. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. But um, but you know they made those choices, and I you know that's uh, we. As as the original guys that made it, we wanted to kind of stay out of their way, and um, and they made something cool. I mean, I think it's a really cool movie. It's a and it's really the the true sequel to the movie because the Book of Shadows is almost like a cousin, Um, but it's almost it takes place in a kind of an altered reality of of the Blair Witch world. But um, Mm -hmm. so uh, so yeah, man. I mean, that's you know, if it's aliens, then let it be aliens. You know. Awesome. Well, and uh, Four Corners to Fear at the end. Exactly. It is the, an alien fighting and Tom Four Cruise. Corners of Fear proves that there is an alien presence in the in Blair Witch mythology. Yes. And, you know, yeah, Tom Cruise, what a, what a great performance. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. What are the second and third corners of fear, though? Like, well, that's the that's that's the whole. Yeah, those are yeah. We basically we went we did the first movie and then we went right to the fourth, and now we're trying to find money for the third and the second, <laughs> and we're trying to find a, a a hole in Tom Cruise's schedule so that he could oh, come man, back and, and be in. I mean, you know, what's a Blair Witch movie without Tom Cruise? You know, <laughs> I was convinced, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh my god, it's so stupid. That's that was my big question. I just wanted to know if Tom Cruise, if there's any future plans for Tom Cruise in the Blair. I mean, he's so busy, especially now that you know he's like a you know Top Gun was huge, um, but no, he he still loves it and he's still interested. So we'll see, um, we'll see what happens, Matt. Because yeah, it would be great to go back into the the third corner of fear and then end with the second corner. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess sort of on that, like parody um out of all the hundreds of parodies did you like have any like one that you thought was funny of the blair witch project i mean I, you know dude it was like again you know like i never imagined that my movie was going to be like parodied on you know saturday night live and you know mtv you know I chris like rock and you know i mean it was just everywhere you know mm-hmm. um my favorite was well, the one that shocked me the most and like was like connected to my to my inner child was mad magazine, you know, because like I grew up with cracked and, and mad magazine and even crazy, you know, the, the one that was, it was kind of short lived, but it was basically a mad magazine ripoff. I love those magazines, man. And, and that's was, uh, you know, I kind of grew up on just the parodies of the movies and TV shows and just the stupid shit that, that those, that you know those magazines came up with so like to see Blair Witch and especially like they drew me and Dan and, and we were like part of the of the parody um you know like nine-year-old me or 10-year-old me like imagining oh I'm gonna be in Mad Magazine one day it was just it just blew my freaking mind man <laughs> that's awesome um and, and then but my favorite one is the Scooby-Doo project oh that's fantastic <laughs> because scoop you know i again i grew up with scooby-doo and scooby-doo was like the only like really the only horror show for kids you know because it really was a horror show like you remember you know like i'm like yeah man that was the first that was a that was a, a creepy freaking show at times you know even though it was the same story over and over again um but there was so just the idea that like you know you know just hearing those characters and the voices and just it was i loved it 
and it was so well done too, you know, like they really did a great job on it. So I'm just really, uh, you know, it's just, um, was an amazing watching that, you know? Awesome. Yeah. That's like, I had a cracked magazine subscription when I was a kid mm-hmm. and the Blair Witch project, um, was on the cover the one up, um, the one month and, I like all my friends were telling me it's real and I'm sort of like a coward. <laughs> so yeah, you I are. couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. So my mom had to cut the cover off the magazine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to share. Dude, that's great. That's great, man. That's that's awesome. I mean, you know, that that's the thing about Blair Witch Man is that like I think and for both Dan and me, like that was like you know, obviously we feel blessed that we were part of it, but like a lot of it, I felt like, man, I wish I could have experienced Blair Witch as not as like one of the creators, because I think that it would have been a lot of, it would have been really creepy, especially as a kid. I think it would have been super freaking creepy. And like, again, I would have had to have the cover of Cracked cut out of my magazine as well, because I was that kid. I was like, again, like, you know, just scared of stuff, especially that's the whole thing of Blair Witch was that, the fact that we framed it as real, it like it made all the difference in the world. Like for mm-hmm. us, that was like why Legend of Boggy Creek was so effective, and Patterson Gimlin and that show in search of was like, dude, this is a documentary. Of course it's real. <laughs> of course it's real. You know what I mean? So for me, like this, the idea that like this, these creatures really existed, and again, like the idea of like that Blair Witch really happened. Like these filmmakers went out and disappeared, and they've never been found, and. It's, you know, I would have loved to have gone on that ride, you know. Um, sorry about that, man. Sorry about that, <laughs> sir. Jacob. That's, that's, that's okay. I, I never thought I'd get a chance to tell you that, so I had to blurt it out. I'm yeah, sorry. Man. Uh, years, years of therapy you've cost me. Um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't send me the bill, please. Don't send me the bill, man. No. <laughs> do you want us to do a couple quick rapid-fire fun questions? I... Yeah, we to close sure. this out, whatever. Yeah, cool yeah absolutely. Um, so here's a fun one. So I was wa- watching interviews of you in the '90s. We noticed that you were uh, rocking some major sideburns in the interviews. <laughs> will, will the sideburns ever make their long-awaited comeback? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think they're all gray now. Um, but sometimes, like, I, I get creative, and I'm like, hey, they're kind of coming back. Um, yes. Okay. I think Perfect. I think they will come back one day. Um, yeah. You know, see what I, I never say never. <laughs> I'm always changing my facial hair. You know, like you know, so I, it's I don't have much hair on top, so I kind of it's the only thing I have now. So I, um, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I love that look, man. It was so stupid, but it was fun. <laughs> That's good. Um, <clears throat> have you ever heard of the Mothman of West Virginia by any chance? Yes. Oh yes, that's so cool. Yes, um, would you ever consider making a movie about Mothman? Uh, oh yeah, man, I would love to. Oh. I mean, I actually have land in West Virginia, um, oh, cool near, near Hedgesville. Um, mm-hmm. I have that's like, out, that's a, that's the Eastern Panhandle. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I have like um, like twenty acres out there, and oh, cool. my my in laws, my my uh, parents, my wife's parents live out there. Um, but um, yeah, man. I mean, because I think, you know, again, Mothman is one of these things that, like, there's certain – it's not – again, it's it's just, like, a le- this cool legend, so you can go with it in so many different ways. Um, and just the idea of this mo- of a Mothman is just 
fucking creepy. I mean, moths are kind of creepy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they, yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's just something about moths. Like, what the fuck is a moth, you know? Um, <laughs> and also just West Virginia in general, man. I mean, there's some there's some, there's some some hidden shit going on. Some, probably some have, dark shit going on in West Virginia, yeah. man. H- have you heard of the Flatwoods Monster by any chance? No, I, that, I hadn't heard that one. That's, That's a good uh, one, too. It is a good one. It's another strange West, West Virginia, Virginia creature. Yeah. Yep. So. It, it, <clears throat> And is it like a Bigfoot or what? What? Uh, what is it? The origin it's of it? It's like an people alien. call it people. Yeah, people call it a cryptid, but it's more like uh, a ship crashed down, and this, this this whole this whole bunch of people saw this creature get out of it, and it chased them. So, oh, that's yeah, cool. you'll have to look into so, it. Yeah, fall, so fall like down a rabbit alien. hole. And, yeah, yeah, There's yeah, a great great museum in Braxton County. If there you're is in Braxton yeah. County, West Virginia. There's yeah. a great museum there. Yeah, Let me write that down. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm always, it's just I love that stuff, man. Even like the the. The kookier, because <laughs> some of them are kind of kooky. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, where, 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 where is it? Sutton West. It's, right, it's, it's, it it's pretty up. cool. So I guess the, fi- the final question really is, do you have anything? Well, Jake has the final question, but I just want to ask you, do you have anything you want to, to promote, or do you have any upcoming projects that you would like to, to tell our fans about? Um, I mean, you know, I'm directing TV, so there's like, I have an episode of FBI coming out, I think, next week. Um Cool. On CB on CBS um, and, and Paramount Plus, yeah, Paramount Plus. And, yeah, and Paramount Plus. <laughs> and then I have, um, I did an episode of FBI International, which will probably be out in later March or April. Um, and then I, but the the thing I'm most excited about, well, there's a couple things. I did a, an episode of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Oh, I did the third oh, episode cool. of of season two, so that's coming out soon. That's and awesome. then I did this show for Amazon called The Horror of Dolores Roach. I did the last two episodes, and it was a kind of it was a popular podcast. But I think that's going to be pretty cool. It's like a proper horror kind of creepy, um, really violent kind of it's it was a cool little show um and and then and then i'm also excited about there's i've we finally got uh i have like a little mini studio very very many many and many many studio going on here in frederick maryland where i'm i'm executive producing these like really low budget horror movies and um you know just just doing some cool stuff, you know, uh, just giving opportunities to, 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 you know, filmmakers to, to do little features. Um, and, you know, kind of, you know, it's right up my alley of just like little horror stories. And, uh, we're going to, we've, we're making our, we're doing our third one right now. And, um, going to do a few more this year. So I'm really excited about that. Just it's the same company that that did Satanic Hispanics and they they've been uh, financing these little movies for us. And and it's just great to be able to to bring some production to Frederick where I live and you know be able to like I'm going to the set, you know, later this afternoon. And it's just cool to be, you know, to see, you know, to be part of it and um, been wanting to been wanting to do this for a really long time to bring some kind of production to Frederick. And even though, you know, we never pay people what they're worth, we do, you know, we do do back end deals for most of the of the people that work on it. So, you know, if, if something blows up, we hopefully will all make a little bit of money. And, and but eventually, you know, it'd be the, great to be able to bring the budgets up and actually pay people what they're worth. And um, it's just exciting to be here locally, you know, doing these movies and uh, and and again seeing all the, the, the new talent and um, 
both acting and writing and, and directing and, and, you know, just, you know, it just energizes me and kind of makes me feel, you know, makes me remember what I got into this for, you know, these kind of smallish, you know, uh, school film kind of things that really Blair Witch was, you know, that was the ultimate film school kind of movie. Um, so it's cool, but that's basically what's going on. And, you know, uh, trying to get rid of some of Star Wars stuff. <laughs> My, um, you know, I've, I've started selling some of my collection very slowly, but, um, I'm, you know, I'm proud that I'm like, cause it's, cause it's, it's just hoarding at this point. If, like if, I watch those hoarding shows and I'm like, if this was Star Wars stuff, this is my life. This is my story. If uh, you are getting rid of any stuff, I am always collecting. So just let me know. I'm. Yeah, man. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll send you my link. I'll send you the link to my eBay. My, I'm always cool. selling crap and maybe there's some stuff that i'll give you a good deal on it if you're interested in it but um <laughs> yeah I, I gotta step up my selling game but i still love it you know and, and that's you know just uh again thanks for having me on i appreciate you guys just being um you know, into it and and into exist and bigfoot and blair witch and you know appreciate you having me on have me on whenever you guys want so it was it was great talking to you guys so we have yeah. one more one more quick question Jake has sure. a quick okay, question. So yes. This is the worst question you're ever going to be asked in any yeah, it's interview. it's ridiculous. Yes. Um, so for some reason, our podcast is associated with Little Debbie Snack Cakes. Sweet. Are you a fan of Little Debbie? And I what mean, is your favorite one? You know, man, I was mostly um, a hostess ho-hos guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the ho-hos. I don't know if it was because of the name or whatever. But the ho- my mom would... Um, at lunch, like, give me a ho-ho. It had, like, a little, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was basically, like, just, like, wrapped chocolate with, like, some oh, kind yeah. of filling. Oh, I remember. And then you would, uh, you know, you'd unwrap it, you know, the foil, and sometimes you would just eat it. Sometimes you would, like, un- unroll it and, you know, take it. Do, this, do the surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you would, yeah. yeah, you would, yeah, you would do surgery on it. <laughs> um, but that little Debbie... I don't remember what what was the chocolate one because that was my thing. I always loved the, the fudge. The fudge round. Yeah, that's uh, for me. The the like I didn't like Twinkies. Um, I, I kind of liked Hostess cupcakes a little bit, but Ho Hos was just the perfect amount of like cream and chocolate. And there was a Deb. There was a little Debbie's one that had like a little chocolate with some some frosting or something. That mm-hmm. that was my definitely my choice. But I loved it, Little Debbie, because of the fo- you know the art. Yeah, the so host hosted didn't have a, a a little you know like art like cool art, no. unfortunately. No. Um, that's awesome. That's that's the best answer. So yeah, thank you, thank you for taking that serious. Yes, and thank you for joining us. We really really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me, man. All right. Well, that was awesome. Uh, I want to thank Eduardo Sanchez for hopping on our show. Um, we appreciate it. That was awesome. Uh, we want to thank uh, everybody for an awesome four years yeah um, been a wild ride pretty mind-blowing so um before we before we head off though a few other things i want to uh say everybody should go to cryptid bash three in maxwellton west virginia at greenbrier valley brewing company saturday august 19th from noon to seven free event uh vendors uh music uh beer just it's gonna be a blast there's gonna be a bunch of bunch of cool stuff so uh, if you're in in the area, come on down. Or if you're not in the area, just travel. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be great. Yeah. So it's going to be a big event. Yep, it's going to be, be awesome. a good show. So yeah. you know us, Moth Boys. We love our listeners so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were trying to find the perfect guest for this uh, anniversary episode, uh, we reached out to a lot of our celebrity friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, our idols, our inspirations. Um, but we decided uh, Eduardo was the best because Blair Witch is truly a, a probably top five most influential horror movie of all Hell time. Yeah, dude. Totally agree. Um, but some mm-hmm. of our other friends decided um, uh, to call in and uh, just sort of they just wanted they wanted they wanted you to know that they're also fans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we installed a phone into the studio. Uh, and here's the first one right now. Um, coming in at East of the Rockies, uh, this says Jennifer Coolidge. Hi, everybody. I'm Jennifer Coolidge. And I want to thank the Moth Boys for putting out this great podcast. Everyone on my hit show, The White Lotus, loves the Moth Boys. And I just want to congratulate you on four years. Pootie Tang, baby. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, Stifler's mom. That was awesome. That's, yeah, Stifler's mom. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Wow, that's mom. awesome so, that she called in. I, I think the phone's ringing for you now, Mike. Um, oh, it is? I think okay, you yeah. got to pick this up. I think okay, I'll get, this, I'll get this one. This looks like it's an international call. I don't want to yeah. pay the charge for this. And this one looks like it's coming in all the way from like uh, over over jolly jolly old England, jolly old England time. It looks like the name that's popping up is freaking Michael Kane of all people. He's calling Michael Kane. You're live on Moth Boys. Hello, my name is Michael Kane. I'm here to congratulate the Moth Boys for four years of the best podcast ever. Wow, what a, what an honor that is. Again, this is me, Michael Caine, from the hit Austin Power, the gold member version. Oh, behave, Michael Caine. Thank you for being a fan. Yeah, we appreciate you, Michael Caine. Thank you. <laughs> I think we got one more, right, Jake? Uh, yeah, uh, there's I another one ringing. I him in Secondhand um, Lions. That was a great movie. Huh. Uh, it, says, it says it's a restricted number. I'm too afraid to pick it up. I'm, I'm sending it over your way, Matt. Uh, it doesn't. I don't know who it is. All right, so uh, we've got our next caller, Moth Boys. Who is this? Um, is your refrigerator running? My refrigerator? I think so. Well, you better go catch it. Moth Boys is dumb. Worst podcast ever. Go fuck yourself. Oh, this is Terry Tibbs, everybody. Is that, is that Terry Tibbs? This is, is Terry, Terry Tibbs. It is. Moth Boy Jake, you could go fuck yourself. Mike, you're... All right, Matt, Wait, you're Terry the Tibbs, worst I thought we were friends. Them. Not anymore, dude. Oh, we're friends, Not Terry. Anymore. I'm no, sorry. Terry. I was the one who tried. I was the one who tried to kick Matt out for you. I'm moving on up. You're, you're. I'm leaving you guys in the dust. You're not as nasally as you used to be, Terry. Did you finally uh, get the sinus medication? Yeah, Terry's doing uh, dirty, man. Yeah, it really is. I'm sorry, right, guys. Well, thanks, I guess. Well, Terry. Terry, you got anything to say to the Moth Boys listeners? Uh, watch my my new TV show on the Travel Channel called Ghost. Ghosts and UFOs. Getting it. Wow. I thought the name of your uh, your show was Moth Pals. Moth Pals. That I, that is it. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have the the folks change it to Moth Pals. I'm going to bury you. Nice. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah, Terry, um, you, I guess I guess Terry, thank you. Uh, no congratulations or anything. Whatever. I hung yep. up on that asshole. Yeah, he's done. Terry yeah. Tim yeah, is permanently banned guy. from the show. 
I'm yeah. sorry, I Mothman. I knew he was going to call in. I knew he was going to call in. And yeah. to think that we gave him, we gave him a, a guest spot on our podcast. Yeah, a platform. We did. Yeah, that's true. Oh well, mm-hmm. we look. Anyways, th- thank you to all the fans. We appreciate you. Yeah, four years. That's freaking amazing. So thanks for listening. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully another a uh, hundred years. You know, <laughs> four years and less yeah. less episodes than a normal podcast release in like a year and a half. What a night! What a nightmare! Yeah. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all. All right. Bye. 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 And. Do do la do 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 ooh ooh. Bodies hit the floor. One. Nothing's wrong with me. Two. Nothing's wrong with me. Three. Nothing. Wait, I don't. Is it nothing's wrong with me? Wrong with me. And then (laughs) one. Something's got to give. Two. Something's got to give. Three. Something's got to give. Ah. Let them bodies hit the floor. Let them bodies hit the floor. Let them bodies hit the mat. Floor.